Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Welcome to Culture Eat Strategy with myself, Jamie J. We'll be joined by Tristan White today. I know you knew that because you saw who was uh, uh, the title of this episode. Um, for those of you who have yet to listen to any of the episodes, perhaps this is the first time you're tuning in, um, Culture Eats Strategy is the name of the show. I love, love, love culture. I'm fascinated um, by the way. Uh, unbelievable leaders use their own creativity to challenge themselves constantly in building teams that, for the lack of a better word, just buy into the, to the vision, to the mission. Um, they're not, not part-time mission rental people, meaning I have to know the mission if the, if the owner comes around, right? People that really buy into this. And it's, it's, it's just something that I've really learned to uh, love and anytime I get someone like Tristan uh, that uh, takes his um, very very important time to come and share his wisdom uh, with us, I'm going to jump on it as soon as I can. So special thanks to Tom Schwab uh, with InterviewValet.com for introducing us. Uh, I, I promised you, Tom, I'd, I'd mention it, and and I did. So thank you very much. Um, you know I'm. You know how geeky I am about this stuff. But let me read you a bio, and then I'll introduce you to Tristan. We're going to start talking about some cool culture stuff. Um, Tristan is the founder and CEO of the Physio uh, Company, a unique healthcare business that not only ranked number one on BRW's list of Australia's 50 best places to work, but it's made it for 10 consecutive years, and that's pretty amazing. Uh, he believes that we spend such a huge part of our lives working. Um, that we kind of have to find a way to enjoy it. And I'm a big critic of work-life balance. I'm a big fan of life balance. Um, and hopefully Tristan can elaborate on that a little bit. But he's also passionate about sharing what he's learned through his blog and his podcast, as well as through speaking opportunities at conferences and corporate events around the globe. In his book, Culture is Everything, Tristan shares his system for building a great place to work. And he's here to share some of those steps today. So without any further ado, holy cow, Tristan White, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. Jamie, what an introduction. It is wonderful to be here on the show and uh, to have a conversation with you. So thanks for the invitation. I'm looking forward to, to having a chat for the next 15, 20 minutes. Oh, yes. This is, this is so cool. I, um, so I have a question. What's, what's your definition of culture? This is always an interesting yeah. question for me. Sure. Jamie, people ask me this thing, and I don't have a very firm uh, response. People say it's what we do around here. It's the it's the, the blueprint for a business. I actually don't believe it. I quite simply believe that culture is the result of the input we put to our business. Culture, and quite simply, culture is what we design into the, into the foundations of our business. So culture by design or culture is what we create. 
I love it. I love it. Something that was uh, told to me a couple of weeks ago, someone mentioned it has a lot to do with behavior. Mm-hmm. And it, as, as I thought, okay, yeah, behavior, that's cool. But then when I started breaking that down, it's kind of like what you said there. It's, it's what we create. It's a, it's a behavior uh, in the workplace. And, and so you, can you tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do and how you're involved? What, actually, what, what, because of what you do, what motivated you to write your book? Yeah, so an important part of my backstory, Jamie, is that I am a physiotherapist, as we're known here in Australia, or, or physical therapist. And 15 years ago, I started a small physical therapy startup called the PhysioCo. It was just me. Uh, and uh, we I, I wobbled through the first five years of, of growing that business. And five years in, I had a big mess that um, of a business that I really needed to um, to try and figure out a solution to. And and I dug deep and culture, building a really strong culture was an important part of how I went from a big mess of a startup to a, a now 150-person organization that I have much more time to lead and contribute to the business rather than fighting fires, which is what I was doing with a 20-person business. And culture by design is a critical part of that. And, and so, Jamie, I've built this business and with a core purpose, the Physio coexists to help seniors, older people stay mobile, safe and happy. And that's been a core purpose that's helped drive me and the culture of our business for a very long time. But as I built our team and, and understood culture in such more depth, I've realized there's a, I've got a, another purpose or belief inside of me. And that is that I wholeheartedly believe that the world needs more great places to work. And because of that belief, I've, I've felt that documenting our system, documenting our story of building a great place to work here in Australia and then sharing the system with the world was the reason that I wanted to uh, to, to share the, the system and hopefully contribute to more great places to work in the world. I love it. I love it. Um, and as a matter of fact, I mentioned Tom a little bit earlier. We, had, we were talking about this. A lot of physio or physical therapists, as 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 we as we refer to it here, um, they like taking the sexier route. You know, they they're helping out the, the you know the pro or the, the you know the sports the athletes, sort of, yeah. the yeah. athletes right? Yeah. And yeah. it it takes a special kind of person um, with a, literally with a heart of gold uh, to work in the niche that you've defined or out, out outlined for yourself. Yeah, well, Jamie, uh, let's let's cut to the chase here working with older people is the ugly duckling of the health world uh that's that's a fact uh and there are a key group of people that i'm very fortunate enough to work with who love working with older people who get such a great uh results with their clients but get such um I don't know, enjoyment out of working with with older mm-hmm. people. And, and I'm, I'm one of those people. But from the outside looking in, uh, it is an unattractive thing to do. And so building a great place to work in a strong culture, in some ways, in my, in my I was fortunate to choose this niche because it's so darn hard to build a team and to attract people to this industry. Oh. And it, all, it almost was a catalyst for me realizing I had to understand culture. I had to build a strong team to attract the team, to serve the clients, to build the business that we that we're after. And now I realize if only everyone did that, even in the sexy businesses, we would have such a wonderful, better, um, stronger culture and better places to work. 
so that I understand this moving forward without detracting from this, this storyline, because I, I want to dive into that deeper. You mentioned category by design and category by design. Is this kind of what you're talking about here? Yeah, look, I am. I, I, so what, what I mean is, is when I talk about culture by design, uh, or, I talk about a, culture. I'm sorry. Culture by design. Uh, uh, that's fine. Uh, culture by So what I re- what I realized I didn't realize it in my startup days when I had this big mess of of everyone reporting to me is that I I thought culture was outside of my control and I was so wrong I think as a business leader business owner a business leader or even any team member culture is entirely in our control mm. and we, so if we decide that culture is in our control, then we can either allow culture to just happen where you end up with a culture by default, it just, just happens around you, or you can create a culture by design. And that's the, the route that I've chosen. And that's the, the culture system that I, that I wrote in the, in the book, Culture is Everything. Does that answer your question, Jamie? 100%. I, I had yes. a feeling that's probably what it was that you were referring to, but I also yep. wanted to get your definition uh, so that so that we could understand it clearly, um, and, and going back to the storyline we were just talking about before, it's I can't even imagine how hard it would be to hire for a niche like that. Um, much in the same, it, because I mean, you can hire people. There's going to be a bunch of physiotherapists that are going to want to, you know, get work. And but do they buy into the culture? Do they buy into the same? Uh, core values and belief systems. And so you came up with a system. I'm wondering if you can maybe share a little bit how you did that. And then one following question that I want to jump into, you did this a lot with remote employees or remote staff. That in and of itself provides a whole bunch of other challenges. But uh, first question is, yeah, how did you come up with a system that people could really just latch into and, and enjoy? Yes. So it's been an evolution, Jamie. I'm, I'm a student of business. I'm a student of culture. I'm a student of life. And when I got stuck at that five-year part, part of our business uh, with 20 team members, I, I took a brief break from our business, which was scary as hell, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I the whole the whole joint revolved around me. Um, but, but I um, I headed up your direction. I headed to, to North America from here in Australia and I visited some seniors healthcare businesses that were operating in, in your country. And, and I discovered this idea of a values-based business, um, uh, which was focused on building a really strong culture. And I became really a real student of, of that idea. And then I've learnt and executed and evolved and iterated and over a long period of time come up with a with a system, a four-step system that I believe has worked in our business, and that's the the system that I that I share. And and so the four steps of that system, Jamie, is firstly discover the core, and mm. that includes a, a really compelling core purpose. Why? Why are you here? Why does your team exist? Is the um, is part of discover the core. And secondly, is the behaviours that or you already mentioned, and that is a short set of three to five core values which define the behaviour that that you expect and that you will live inside your business. And so step one of the system is discover the core with a core purpose and core values. Uh, step two is document the future. And this is where we talk about the where are we headed with this team. We know why we're here and we know what we're gonna, how we're gonna behave with the purpose and the values. What does the future look like? 
And I personally think that you need two parts to the to the document in the future. You need one where you peer off into the future for a for a long period of time, and and, and I call it a ten year obsession. What are we going to do over the next ten years to really do something significant in the world? But ten years is too long for most team members and, and employees, and so breaking that down into a three year painted picture vision, a three year base camp, if you will, as to how you'll get to that 10-year obsession is the next part. So uh, discover the core, document the future. The third step is execute relentlessly. And this is the bit where we have to do it over and over and over again with a smile, with kindness, learning, redirecting, but the systems you put in place will never build the foundations of a strong culture if they're not lived and applied over and over and over again. And that's the that's the unsexy bit, uh, James. Uh, that's the yeah. nails on the chalkboard part. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. And the fourth part, the fourth part of the system, which in some ways feels uh, um, the opposite or anti-execute um, relentlessly, is show more love. And and I mean that we cannot have a great place to work where people are kind to each other and caring to each other if we don't actively seek out opportunities to show more love on small and larger scales. An example uh, of show more love that I think is really important, Jamie, is of course don't miss an opportunity to celebrate the good stuff that happens in people's lives at work or at home. And so if people buy a new house or if they finish a course or they have a have a birthday or an engagement or something like that, of course we celebrate the good stuff. But in my experience, the real connection and the real opportunity is to connect with people where bad stuff happens in, in their life because inevitably it happens and pets pass away, people get sick, things go wrong. And in a culture by default, often we find people looking the other way when bad stuff happens. And I think there's a real opportunity to lean in in a non-prying, respectful way, but lean in and show more love to people when bad stuff happens in their life. And We're here a, for you. Type yeah, thing. that's it. We're, we're here for you. We know bad stuff going on. Tell us about it if you want to. Don't tell us about it. We just uh, we empathetically understand that you're a great contributor to this team. When the time's right, you 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 let us know, and we can we can work together on this. Uh, that's the concept. So discover discover the core, document the future, execute relentlessly, show more love. That's the system, Jamie. I love it. It's broken down. Keep it in simple, right? <laughs> you got it. You got it. So um, you just said something that really resonated with me, and that was your fourth step, um, show more love. And Mm -hmm. one of the adjectives you used in talking about that was with kindness. Um, I love that. As a matter of fact, that's our slogan, leading with kindness. Um, I was challenged by my girlfriend when I came up with the slogan. Actually, I had some help from, from a friend of mine, Kyle Lonat, that uh, he helped me kind of work it out. But that's ultimately what... I really resonated with. And my girlfriend told me, Jamie, it sounds a little soft. And I had a couple other people say, ah, it sounds uh, weak. Um, and how, do, how can you uh, lead from a position of weakness? And I totally didn't. I understood where they're coming from, but I don't agree with that at all. And I wonder if maybe you can elaborate on love and kindness and how you can operate a thriving business like you have through kindness, through love. 
Yeah, J- Jamie, I understand that perspective. I, I get us. Uh, I, I people. Uh, there are many people who resonate with the idea of of building a, a a business based upon culture and kindness, and there are many people who who think this culture thing is not for me, or I'm a hard nosed salesperson. I'm about the numbers, and uh, and kindness is just not for me. And I understand both those views. I get it entirely. And as much as I believe in leading with kindness, um, I need to connect with people. And if they're not performing, I need to kindly and respectfully let them know that they need to get get back on track and we need to find a way to work together to get the results that we expect in the business. And so we can do that. We can redirect people. We can say, no, that's not what we're what we will try to achieve here. But we can do it in a kind, empathetic way. And my belief is that when you connect with people with kindness, understanding and empathy, but then you deliver a clear message of what needs to happen next, you actually get better results than leading with uh, abruptness, uh, disrespect or firm uh, instruction that just doesn't connect on a human level with people. So that, that's my approach to, um, to, to leading with kindness, but leading with clarity is, is a really important part of it as well, Janie. Yeah. And I, I, Yes, I totally agree. Um, and one of the things that I, I find too is it's difficult for me to lead with clarity. Um, and I tell people this all the time. I have direction. And a lot of times I'm, oh, we were just talking, I'm, I'm constantly learning. I'm not so sure I'm totally clear on everything, you know, I, but I am 100% positive of the direction we need to take, the course we need to take. And I don't know that I'll ever achieve clarity. And perhaps if I do, that's when and if I exit or, you know, how from the best, I don't know. But I wonder if you can maybe talk to that a little bit, uh, maybe what, what you define as clarity or direction. Do you, am I off base on this? No, no, no. I think this is. A, I think it, what's what's the old saying? I, I don't think that um, that I'm going to get this right, Jamie. But I'm going to try, and that is that a rocket ship fails its way to the moon or, or, oh. or thereabouts. And quite simply, the rocket ship is headed to the moon, as an example, um, but it's inter- eternally tacking or changing direction to make sure that it recorrects and finally arrives at the, at the moon. And when I talk about clarity with individual people, it's where are we at? Please tell me where, um, how you're feeling, where, where we're headed. I've got a view as to where we should head. What are we going to do? What are our next steps? And we both leave a conversation with complete clarity as to what happens next, knowing that's merely a milestone, a base camp, a next step that, that moves us from this stuck point to, to closer to where we want to head to. And then we'll reassess and we do it all over again. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, yeah. Does that make sense, Jamie? hundred percent. Yeah. Course correcting. I, I, I love it. Yes. One, one of the things you mentioned a little bit earlier is um, when we were talking about kindness, you said um, that you can talk with people. How can we, um, you know, fix mm. this um, instead of, you know, ah, you screwed up. I can't believe, right. Yeah. My biggest thing is if you're scaring people to voice their own opinion or make suggestions, um, I really say, check yourself in the mirror on this one. Um, when you, when you're pointing at somebody, there's more fingers coming back at you than going yeah, to yeah, that yeah. person. Right. But the, yeah. the, the thing that I, that I love about kindness is it gives people the, um, uh, motivation or they feel okay to say something. And I feel if you do it in a negative manner or a directive manner, um, it, 
you're missing out on all those incredible ideas and opportunities. And uh, so I wonder, maybe you can elaborate a little bit on that. On maybe maybe this is done through meetings. Uh, maybe this is done through one on one. Um, it's a it's a big part of a positive, uh, healthy culture. I think. Uh, entirely it is. And, and and so, Jamie, a few things to mention there is that I think it's so important that even though we work with people, we connect them with them on a personal way as best as possible as well. I feel like if we only um, – it doesn't work for everyone. I understand that, it, that some people – don't don't want to dive deep into their what they they do on the weekends and the like and that's their choice, but but as as leaders I think we need to connect with people on a way which is meaningful and useful for the person that we're speaking to, mm. and once we get that connection and we we've all we all know talkers who want to tell us every detail of their life and that's a challenge in itself because some, at some point we've got to get on with doing some work yeah uh, on, the, on the flip side there are people who are hard nuts to crack because they, they like to keep their cards pretty close to their chest and, and everyone's different it's perfectly fine um, but as a leader being interested as opposed to trying to always sound interesting is a really important mm. concept being being interested in people but being respectful of the amount of, of connection and how much information they want to share um, is a really important part of how I think we get this connection. Um, and you can't expect others to share parts of their what they're up to in their life, what's important, their hopes, dreams, fears, and, and, and the things that really connect us as individuals if you don't do it yourself. So, of course, we have to be vulnerable enough to share that um, uh, that things go right and some go wrong. And a, a teeny tiny thing that happened to me um jamie is that i was on a video call like this with one of my exec team yesterday and we were working through a, a document the future is part of the culture step the culture system we spoke about before and in our business the physio co right now while we're on this call um the next a soft launch of the next 10-year obsession of the physio co is going out to all our team members it, it's it's oh, the wow. first of the and it's a, it's a it's a critical moment for us, and we have a soft launch, and then we followed up with um with some launch parties for the ten year obsession. But I was working on a video call like this with uh, with Jess in my team, my exec team, and we were working through it. And I was holding up a piece of paper, and it sort of stabbed me in the eye, uh, Jamie, the, uh, the the core of the the paper. And it was sort of a bit embarrassing. I've sort of got this sore eye, and um and I'm the CEO, and I'm supposed to be launching this vision, and uh, and and but I I just jokingly said, just so sorry about stabbing me in the eye. I'll just be with back with you in a moment. And and on the other end of the call, she she's in hysterics because, <laughs> because there's me sort of suffering with this sore eye, and, <laughs> and, and, and we're supposed and we're supposed to be working through this important document, but. But silly stuff, bad stuff happens, and you just have to authentically accept it and, and move and move forth. And it's a small, silly example, but I think we have to be people, uh, Jamie. That's the um, that's the important thing. So, be interested. Stop trying to be interesting. Is probably the summary of, of what I've got there for um for, for leading with um, with connection. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Making light of the situation, right? Especially during yeah. stressful times. Uh, so. Entirely. Kudos to you um, for this big, big launch of you. It's, uh, it's. I know it can be stressful, but yeah, kudos to you. Yeah. Hey, Jamie, I wanted to mention one other concept which I think is important that I've learned along the way, and it might be helpful for for your listeners, and that is this idea of freedom within boundaries. And what I mean by that is that I reckon that every team member 
And, and what did you call it? Freedom. Freedom within boundaries. Within boundaries. Yeah. And, and I think it's so important that we give people the opportunity to own their own jobs and, and their own tasks. We might clarify in a conversation the next steps or where we're, where we're headed with the, the project or the business. And the outcome might be something we agree that we're going to achieve. But how we get there and the the freedom, the opportunity to do it in a way which is meaningful and useful to the team member is is so so important. I think it's so important that we we have got the boundaries or the outcome that we're trying to achieve and and the um, the purpose of the business and the values or behaviors might be very clear, but the, some freedom to make it yours and really put your own stamp on the piece of work is where you get real connection and buy-in from people. So an idea of freedom within boundaries and quite simply in, in our business, if people are doing work which is aligned with our core purpose, uh, they're behaving in a way which is aligned with our values and they're moving us towards our future vision, on a grand scale, they are the the outer boundaries, and if they they can operate within there to have the freedom to to do things in a way that which is meaningful to them. You know, I I, I liken this to a game of basketball. Um, mm. You you have the boundaries. You can do what you want with the ball inside these boundaries. Once the ball goes outside, a whistle is blown, and the game stops. Right, and then it has to be started up again. I love that. I love freedom within boundaries because I think in my opinion, freedom within boundaries, you said kind of give them, you know, let the, let the leash out a little bit or let, let the, it gives them confidence. Yeah. Oh, Jamie, I'm with you a thousand point. And, I, and you've just reminded me of something that I'm, I must share with you and your, and, and your audience. And that is don't ever forget to tell your team that you trust them. Uh, and because I, I think that's so powerful, uh, leaving people, working through people with things and then leaving them with it. And when people have got decisions to make and they know the, how, to, how, to make, uh, how to make them, then how about we just put it out there in words between you and them that says, you've got this, I trust you to make the right decision and then let them get on with it. There's nothing more empowering than, than hearing your boss or leader say, I trust you on this. Um, knowing full well that if it doesn't quite work out, you can't go and, and give them a hard time because you allow them to, to own it. But telling people you care for them, telling people you're here for them, and telling people you trust them is, is amazingly simple stuff that we don't do often enough in my experience. Yeah, I just wrote down that quote. If you don't mind, I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. you're welcome. Uh, but the, the other thing about this, we mentioned this earlier, um, it's okay to fail. Now, we need to limit that, and there comes a certain point we got to get the work done and, and people yeah. learn from that. But giving them opportunity um, by saying that you trust them um, and giving them the constant co confidence to move within the boundaries, uh, defined boundaries of, of that particular role or responsibility, gives them, I, I'm hoping, gives them the confidence to know, hey, I'm going to try, I'm going to do this. This may be creative, it may be new, it's what I feel is going to work. To, to a certain degree, right? You, you can't let carte blanche happen there. But, but it, I think if they do fail, I, I wouldn't want somebody to come back to me and then I get on them because they failed doing something that they felt was going to be right. But, but there's, there's encouragement. That, that, I think, is leading with kindness. 
uh, look, Jamie, things don't always work out. I, I, I don't know how my day, my day is going to work out today. I've got the best of intention and I trust myself to, on my, uh, it's 7 a.m. in the morning here on a whiteboard behind you, Jamie, and my priorities for the day of what I'm going to get on with and do. But I've made a decision as to what I think are the most important things to do. I don't know if they're the right thing to do, and I'm going to do my best to work through them. And if I get through them and it works for it, great, I'd make the right decision. But if I don't get through them or they don't move us in the direction that I want to, then I got it wrong. And all I have mm. to do is acknowledge that and 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 be better tomorrow. Course correct, um, right? You got it. That, that's <laughs> it. That's it. And and I can't expect if that's what I expected myself. I can expect no more than that from from the people that I work with, from the, the people around me. Um, but don't make the same mistake again is a message that I do say often um, because sometimes we get it right, which is wonderful. Sometimes we get it wrong and we have to learn, but let's not make the same mistake over and over again. I love it. And thank you. I, earlier I mentioned, uh, and I don't know if you know this, but I have a, a virtual assistant company um, mm-hmm. and, and our internal staff is all remote. And so um, one of the things that I find fascinating about what you're doing is you're able to scale your company and grow it, most likely using these four steps, but kind of rinse, repeat um, with all these different people. How, if I might, before we uh, uh, wrap, because I want to respect your time, how did you manage to be consistent through all these different remote locations in your approach to business? Yeah, so it's, 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 it's tough, Jamie. There's no, there's no question. I, I, I don't, it's tough to build a strong team and a great culture within the four walls of, one, of, a, of a business, of one office, let alone to do it in multiple locations. And, and the Physio Co. here in Australia operates in six different states, um, which is most of our country. And we have people in, in, in all sorts of places around Australia. And the only answer I can, I can give you is that culture really is everything. And, um, and by having a robust recruitment, onboarding, training and continuous review process based around uh, the four steps of our strong culture is really the answer to that, um, Jamie. And that is that we, we shout from the rooftops that we exist to help seniors to stay mobile, safe and happy. Um, we don't accept applications or we don't even consider people who are willing to engage with and um, and empathetically connect with our, our purpose as to why we're, why we're here. Every team member that joins us um, is asked, tell us about the most significant older person in your life. Um, and that person may be living or they may have passed away. They might be someone from the from their past. But we we start with that, that the basics of connecting with why we're here. Um, we then recruit on a, on a values-based approach. We are on board in a, a strong values-based approach and we have quarterly reviews to make people sure people make sure that people are aligned to purpose, values, vision of the organization. And we do our very best to connect the personal dreams of that person in terms of their life and or career with where we're headed as a business, line that person's dreams up with the with the direction of the business. So hopefully they succeed, they have freedom within boundaries to, to be connected and to make progress in their life, but at the same time, we're doing it as a team to build the business as well. That's the theory, Jamie. It takes a whole lot of iterating, course correcting, failing, stuffing things up, all that sort of stuff, but that's what we continually come back to. How long have you had physio.co? 
the Physio Co. Uh, February this year, the Physio Co. was born in February of 2004, which is a long time ago now, Jamie. So right now it's February 2019. We are celebrating our 15th birthday. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. How long was it after you launched that you had these systems in place? The question, who is the most, uh, um, uh, what person is the most influential on you of age, right? Yes. How did that happen? So, so, sorry, what, the question is, when did we so start? When you this? started in 2004, how long did it take you to where you implemented this process? Sure. So, Jamie, when I started the business in 2004, I was a 24-year-old, recently graduated physical therapist or physiotherapist, and I didn't ever know what the word culture meant, uh, let alone how on earth it applied to building a team. So I was, I was, I was an absolute novice, but it was about... And 2009 is when I, I had that sabbatical and I discovered this idea of a core, core values or a values-based business. And so I, I guess it was probably the fifth to the sixth year mark where we put in place our first 10-year obsession, our core purpose and core values and started moving towards this. So that's when it's, this is, the process started. But, Jamie, it never ends. Um, and, and so, yes, the systems are in place, but they're eternally being refined and improved and they're better now than they were 10 years ago, but they certainly got a hell of a long way to go as well. Oh my gosh. Well, it, 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 the, uh, the reason I asked that is because um, it takes time. And, and for a lot of people um, out there, they may not know, they may not understand this, they may never have had a specific culture or defined that through vision and mission and core values. Um, a lot of people do have that, but it may not be operating as fluid. It's one of those things like, I know how to do that. Yes. Are you doing it? That's a different story. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I think that's uh, amazing uh, what you're doing, uh, the specific question that you ask, all those little things, attention to detail. It is ultimately culture is built on systems and processes, um, but it's, a, it's, it's systems and processes that are built around um, what you feel, you know, and, yeah. and who you're working with. So um, their strategy needs to be there, but that's why culture eats strategy, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jamie, I just wanted to, to reach out to, to, to you and to your audience to say, we don't always get it right. And, and as a, a, on both a small level and a, and a huge level, and I'll give you a quick example um, as because I know we need to wrap this up. But in 2009, when we put these processes and plans in place, we set our first 10-year obsession, what we're going to work towards over the next 10 years to build our business. And it was that from 2009 to the end of 2018, as a team, we're going to deliver 2 million consultations to Australian seniors to help them stay mobile, safe and happy. That was our, our big, hairy, audacious goal that we call a 10-year obsession. And we were delivering about 40,000 per year at that moment in time. So 10 times 40,000 hits gets to 400,000. We we're going to have to grow significantly to get to 2 million consults. And we had uh, weekly and monthly and quarterly goals and, and we grew. And some years we hit our goal and we celebrated and, and we were so, uh, it, was, it was so awesome. And some years we missed and we, we had to humbly say we did our very best and we didn't quite make it. And Jamie, it's, it's with a, a heavy heart, but with a, a, a learner, my, my find a better way cap on, 
that I, that I tell you that at the 31st of December 2018, the end of our 10-year obsession, we landed at about 1.63 million consultations delivered over that 10-year period, and we will likely deliver about 400,000 consultations this year in 2019. And so the result being that our 10-year obsession that we set um, way back in 2009, we didn't hit it but we will. It's simply going to take us 11 years as opposed to 10 to uh, to bring that to life. And that's perfectly fine, Jamie. It just takes time to get this right sometimes. Yeah, I don't know why that's a heavy heart. That is one heck of an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't, we don't always hit it at the, at the timeline, I suppose, Jamie. That's, yeah. the, that's the critical bit. And it's okay. It's okay. All yeah. those people that have helped our team and all those senior people that have received our service, it's a wonderful thing that, um, that we were 12 months out when we, um, when we, we locked it in in 2009. It's, it's okay. <sighs> Well, thank you for sharing that. Congratulations on your success. Um, how do people learn where they, uh, more about you? How do they buy your book and you know the name of your book and all of that? I wonder if you could share that. Yeah. So, look, Jamie, the best place to find me on the web is my personal website, which is tristanwhite.com.au forward slash CES. And that stands for Culture Eats Strategy. Uh, for you and your listeners, I've set up our um, a very, a very uh, Tom and his team at Interview Valet, by the way, did, did this. And they helped me to, um, to set up a landing page. Anyone that's hearing, this, hearing us right now, head over tristanwhite.com.au slash CES. Uh, that's the best place to find me. Check out a whole heap of blog posts I've been writing. Uh, I'm going to hold up a copy of my Culture Is Everything book, um, which has got the Culture Is Everything system in there. On the website, you can download a free I'm chapter. Your next <laughs> you can buy a copy. And you know what? Just reach out to me. I, I love connecting with people who have got a, an idea about building a better better workplace. So connect with me. I'm on all the socials, at Tristan J. White on, on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You, you can find me. Oh my gosh. Uh, thank you so much, Tristan. It's, uh, it's an honor to have you on. Thank you for sharing this wealth of wisdom. Um, I, I love it. I, I get my four steps down. Um, I have, don't ever forget to tell your team that you trust them. Yep. Tristan. Every day, every day. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Every I day. love it. Um, one last thing, any, anything else you'd like to say before we wrap? Uh, just the that I'd like to say that firstly Jamie thanks for having me secondly for your the listeners the world needs more great places to work it whether you uh, do that on a large scale like we, we're building in in these scale up businesses or you show up in your family and you and you mention it to your children or your significant other and somehow, some way, there's a conversation that happens somewhere around the globe that moves a workplace a teeny tiny bit better. That would be something that I would be I would love to happen as a result of this show, Jamie. That that would be that would make me so happy. Oh my gosh, Tristan, thank you so much. It's uh it's been amazing. Hold on one quick second and I'll go ahead and wrap up. On behalf of Tristan White, uh again, I will put all the links to the shows. Uh, in uh, in uh, tristanwhite.com.au forward slash CES. That stands for Culture Eat Strategy. Um, but I'll put all the links in there. I'll put all the social media, um, his book links, all of that stuff so you can go and check it out. Uh, we are at culture.bottleneck.online. 
and you'll have to see Tristan will be up there front and center right now. And we can go check that out. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Seriously, go to iTunes, leave me a rating review. Uh, ser- I, I, I'm really looking for serious reviews, please. If it's something that's lacking, uh, tell me. I really want to improve because I want this to be an incredible resource. And with people like Tristan coming on the, on, on the podcast, it's like, uh, how can this not be a good rating? But uh, if you can, please uh, go let me know. If you don't have the time to do that, reach out. Reach out to Tristan. Do whatever it, it can do because you're right. The world does need more better places to work. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jamie J. This has been Culture Eat Strategy episode with Tristan White, where we lead with kindness. Thanks so much. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.